This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Well, once again today, rather than present something that I've prepared in advance, I feel like the Lord wants me to pray in the moment and see what he has for us today. As I said the first time I did this, this is the gift of prophecy, and I know that some of my listeners may not really believe that this gift is for today, that these spiritual gifts like this ended when the canon of Scripture was finalized. However, I believe that it is for today, absolutely, and I don't see anything in the Scripture that would indicate otherwise. As a matter of fact, we are encouraged to eagerly desire gifts like this. However, they must be exercised in a fitting and proper way. So I'll say a few more words about this gift, and then um, we'll see how the Lord leads. First of all, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Apostle Paul says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And I am so very thankful that he wrote this letter and made things clear. In verse 3 of chapter 14, he says, Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. The word strengthening there is also translated as edification. We know the word edifice, the face of a building. It's for building people up, just like building a building. Prophetic words are meant to build people up and to encourage them and to comfort them. Also, in the Greek, there's a bit of a sense of warning that can come in as well, to comfort or to warn. Really what it is is to pray and see if God has something specific for a person or people to build them up, to encourage them, to comfort them, and perhaps to give a warning. And in verse 12, Paul says, Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. So this gift in particular is to edify, to build up, to encourage people, to comfort them. And it's important to understand that there's a difference between the New Testament, the New Covenant gift of prophecy, and the Old Covenant gift of prophecy in the Old Testament. What's the difference? Because under the New Covenant, we all believers are given the Holy Spirit, and we all have the right and the ability to discern the voice of God. In the Old Covenant, prophets were given to really bring the Word of God to his people. And now we all have that ability to hear from the Spirit directly. So this is why later in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says when giving instructions about an orderly form of worship, when it comes to this prophetic gift, he says, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. Yes, it's quite true that this gift, among other gifts, can be wrongly used. And actually, that's why Paul had to write his letter, because there were gifted people there, but they were not exercising these gifts in the correct way. 
And here he says in verse 29 of chapter 14 that two or three prophets should speak and all the others should weigh carefully what is said. So when I speak here in this recording and people will hear me in different parts of the world, I speak and encourage you to weigh carefully what I say. I may speak with conviction, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I have authority. You have the right, you have the authority to weigh carefully what I say. What I say may be for you, it may be for someone you know, or it may be wrong. We need to weigh carefully what is said. Sometimes people misunderstand. Sometimes I may say something out of emotion rather than out of spiritual discernment. So I submit it to you. Please weigh carefully what I say. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. We're not out of control. God has given us authority to carefully consider what is said. So that's the spirit with which I present this today. I sincerely want to encourage you, build you up, comfort you, perhaps warn you, edify you, to strengthen you in your faith. That's what the Lord wants. And we should all work toward doing things that build others up, encourage other people. So please weigh carefully what I say today. We want the Lord to be glorified. So, another note, I think, on the way that this is done. If you listen to the previous uh, time that I did this, there is some dead time in the recording. I'll be honest and say that the silent time is much longer than what you'll hear today. Uh, I might pray for a minute or more before I have something to share. I didn't think it wise to have a, a minute of dead time <laughs> while you're you know, jogging or driving your car or whatever. So I'll give a few seconds of dead time just so you know that that was the time that I prayed. Sometimes things come to me quickly, other times it takes me a while to process through and so sometimes I have to press through in prayer as I'm praying for the Lord to reveal something. And with all that said, uh, let me pray now and see what God has for us. Okay. So what comes to mind now is something that I was praying about last night as I was praying about this recording just trying to prepare my spirit last night, and then just now I had an image. And I'm going to say a name also. There may be several men with this name listening. The name is Alan, someone named Alan. And I had an image of a, of a man leaning against a wall, leaning back against a wall. And the man is very tired, very weary. And the sense that I had was that as this man leaned back against the wall, he was about to slide down the wall and then sit on the floor. And we've all done that, I guess, or many of us have. You lean against the wall and then slide down and just sit. And I had a feeling that um, this man was very tired. And what I sense from the Lord is don't slide down that wall. Don't give in to that weariness that you feel. As a matter of fact, I think what the Lord would have you do is to lean your weight forward, stand on your own two feet, stand up, Carry your own weight. Don't lean against the wall because the temptation when leaning against that wall is to, uh, I guess, give in. So stand up. And my sense is that it's not really the time to move forward, but it's the time to get ready to move forward. Instead of leaning and sitting down, it's time to lean forward, stand up, and be ready to move ahead. But that time isn't here yet. 
You may feel weary, but as you start moving, you're going to have, uh, amen, there'll be a breeze on your face as you start moving, and you'll have more purpose and direction. But right now, the time is to be ready to move. Now, that word might apply to some other people. Just because I've mentioned one name doesn't mean it doesn't apply to others. And I ask you to please weigh carefully what is said, if it does apply to you or perhaps someone you know. Let's see what else the Lord has. Okay, I'm going to start talking. I'm not quite sure where this is going to go. But the phrase or the feeling that I have is for someone who is battling anxiety, a tremendous amount of anxiety. It's an anxiety that feels like a cloud, like a dark cloud of anxiety. This, um, it's, it's a mixture of fear and worry, almost to the point of like a fight or flight in an animal, just this, um, this sense that your well-being, your existence are in the balance right now. And this anxiety is tying you up. It's limiting your ability to think, to move, to be active. Well, I believe the Lord is with you. I was about to say that he is saying something, but first off, he wants you to know that he is with you. He's not distant. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's with you. God is not far off from you. He is sharing in this, though he, of course, is not anxious. He holds all in his hands. He's the creator of all. He is with you. He wants you to know that he is not standing far away calling you to come to him, which can be a temptation when we have the sense of God being distant. It's just a sense or a feeling. It's not reality. But for this person who is so anxious and feels that God is far off, he's not. He's with you, and he's, he's there rather than being far away calling to you. He's close enough, even closer than a person who would whisper in your ear. He's that close. So listen for that soft, silent voice. Amen. The Lord is saying, listen. Listen for his voice. There are many, many voices in the world that we can listen to. Our own fear, our own voice of condemnation, voices of people who don't know us that well. Listen for the shepherd's voice. That's what God wants of you right now, is to, in the middle of this anxiety, listen. I don't think he's going to give me the words for you. He wants you to hear those words himself. That scripture comes to mind. I think I mentioned it before. Go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who sees what is done in secret, and he will reward you. Amen. Go into your room, pray to your father who is unseen, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen. So this is the word for you. Don't battle anxiety. Don't fight that fight yourself. Listen for the voice of the Lord. And again, I'm going to say it pretty strongly. Do not try to fight this fight. Don't try to be better before you try to listen for his voice. Don't try to get in a position where you think 
you'll be better able to hear his voice. Just listen. Pray and listen. Well, let's see what else God has for us. Well, I have a picture in my mind of a person standing on top of a mountain and uh, at the peak, at the very summit of a mountain, and this person is exhilarated at having accomplished something great and reached the heights. Uh, you're up there alone. You feel like you've really accomplished something good. And I get a feeling it's something to do with your spiritual life. You feel like you've overcome some pretty big hurdles. You've been fighting hard, and now you're at the top. And you've come to a place where you can, in a sense, relax, uh, just as mountain climbers exert tremendous amounts of effort to get up the mountain. And once you reach the summit, you can relax because there's no further to go. You're at the top. I never really understood this until I had climbed, though I'll say I walked up a mountain in Colorado. It was one of the 14ers, uh, mountains over 14,000 feet. This one was not hard to get to, but I had never summited a mountain before. And after well over an hour or maybe two hours of walking and some scrambling, we finally got to the top and I'd never had that feeling before. You're at the top, there's no further to go. So there's someone listening who is in that place in life just now. You've reached the top and you have a sense of accomplishment. And you're standing there and you can take a deep breath. So what I sense the Lord's saying is, you need to put everything that's behind you, behind you. All the work that you've done, all of the effort that you've put into accomplishing what you've accomplished, you need to put that behind you. Don't reflect on it too much. Don't go back to it in your mind and, I guess, a sense of pat yourself on the back or think about how great you are. You need to put all of that behind you. You've done it, and it's good, but there's more to come. And my sense is that you are at the top of this peak. I had a very similar word for someone many years ago. That person may be listening, and this comes to mind again. You're at the peak of this mountain, but now it's time for you to step up into the air. You've been climbing and accomplishing in ways that were familiar to you and knowable to you, and now there comes a time of faith there's higher to go, even though you don't see that there's higher to go. Um, there's something higher for you to attain, even though you can't see it. It looks like air, thin air. The Lord is saying, put behind you everything that you have accomplished, and now you need to start taking these really strong steps of faith to step up into the air. It's almost like there's a ladder hidden, invisible in front of you, and you have to step up and put your foot on this invisible rung and now go higher into a realm of faith. And I have no idea how much higher you can go, but it's a lot higher. You think you've reached the end, but you're really about halfway there, maybe even less than that. There's a lot more ahead for you. So don't spend a lot of time looking back, reflecting on what you've accomplished. There's a lot ahead of you. There's much more to come. And I congratulate you on accomplishing what you've accomplished. 
And I'm telling you, what you have done has prepared you for what comes next. And the muscles and the knowledge, everything that you've built up over these past few years has prepared you for what comes next. You're not going down the mountain again. You're not going to return to life as it was before you started this. You're going higher. You're going to go much, much higher. There is much more for you. Uh, Let's see what else the Lord has. Well, next, a psalm comes to mind, and I may give a separate talk to this psalm. It's Psalm 84, verses 5 through 7. And this just comes to mind now as I'm praying. I'll share it, and hopefully it'll encourage some people. Psalm 84, verses 5 through 7. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. This is a friend of mine's, well, it was one of his favorite verses. And he told me that when he reads this, he'll start weeping because it touches his heart so deeply. And he shared it with me uh, a couple of years ago, maybe. And I return to it from time to time. And there is much that is encouraging here. I'll just talk about it real quickly. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Well, obviously our strength is not in ourselves. Blessed are we when we find that he is our rock. He's our refuge. He's our strength. We're blessed when we don't depend on ourselves, and we depend on him. And blessed are those who have their hearts set on pilgrimage. A pilgrim is a person who is passing through an area. They're in a place that is not their home, and they don't settle down. They're moving through. And that is the situation for the people of God. Jesus himself said that he had gone ahead to prepare a place for us. And we don't set down our roots here. Our citizenship is in heaven, and where we are going to live is not where we live right now. We're on a pilgrimage through this place. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. And blessed are those of us who can really live that way. I encourage you, set your heart on pilgrimage. Hold everything that you have very loosely. The world and its systems are all going to get shaken, and much of what we depend on in this world is going to be shaken and shown to be weak. We need to have our hearts set on pilgrimage. Verse 6 says, As those people pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, and the autumn rains cover it with pools. The word Baca uh, has a couple of meanings. Uh, Weeping is one translation, but also it can refer to a plant that lives in very, very dry places. Each of those meanings help me understand the scripture a bit. There's a valley of dryness, a valley of weeping. But people whose strength is in the Lord and who have set their hearts on pilgrimage can make those dry and sad places a place of springs, of pools of water. And those people go from strength to strength until we appear before God in Zion. That's beautiful. To go from strength to strength in another place, the scripture says that we move from glory to glory. The Bible encourages us to walk in the light as he is in the light. And there's this image of us moving in the light, 
moving through life, walking in the light, what he's revealing to us. We go from strength to strength. Well, here, I'll read it one more time. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Yeah, that is an encouraging word. Let's see if the Lord has anything else for us today. Well, I have an image of a lighthouse in the middle of a big storm. And this lighthouse is standing strong and shedding light, but the storm is very, very, very strong around it. The wind and the rain are beating against this lighthouse. Clouds and darkness can't see very far. So my sense is that the strength of this lighthouse is not in the lighthouse itself, it's in the foundation. Of course, the lighthouse itself is built well, but if it were on a weak foundation, it would not stand. And many of you, of course, know the image that Jesus gave of building a house on the rock. I reference it many times, often. Doing the will of God is what sets us on a firm foundation. Just listening to what Jesus says and not doing it, that's no help at all in times of trouble. It's the actual doing of his will that helps us in times of trouble. So that's my encouragement to those who listen now. Do what the Lord is saying to you. Abide in him, rest in him, trust in him, be active for him. There are times of trouble that we go through where we want to just hole up, kind of draw up into ourselves and sit tight until the storm is past. But the Lord wants his people to be in the middle of these hard times and active in the middle of these hard times. Amen. The lighthouse keeper is most needed in the storm. That's when the lighthouse keeper needs to be there, making sure that everything is as it should be. And that's the same for us. We need to be very active in these days where the world is being shaken and people around us are fearful or concerned. They don't know what the future is. We don't know exactly how the future is going to unfold, but we do know that everything works for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, how do we love God? We do what he says. We're obedient. What is the Lord saying to you now? What is he calling you to do? Reach out to those who are lost. Help those who can't help themselves. Speak words of encouragement. Look beyond yourself to see what needs others have. That's the heart of God for his people. Greater love has no one than this than that he lay down his life for his friends. Right now, people are trying to save their lives. They're trying to find a way to save what they've had. And God's people need to give up what they have. Amen. We have to have our hearts set on pilgrimage. and Our strength has to be in the Lord. And as we go through these times of weeping, we are going to be a blessing to people. We're going to be the people who bring refreshment to people who are in dry, dry places. So I encourage you, put it into practice. Everything that the Lord has been teaching you, you put it into practice now. It's time. It really is time for us, the people of God, to be the body of the Lord to this world. 
Well, I think I'll close for now with that. So until next time, I pray that God will continue to show you his ways and reveal his will to you because his pathways are good and they always lead to peace for the soul. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening and God bless you all. Thank you.